Welcome to Side Order, that extra little bit of seconds you always crave. Or maybe you don't crave it. Regardless, we're forcing it down your bloody throat. I am Matt, and with me is your main man, Dave. Say say some interesting things, Dave. Look at how my microphone sounds. Isn't it nice and crisp? How crisp is this microphone sounding? I'll let you know when I'm editing it. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. How are you doing then, Mr. Matt, sir? I am only slightly very, very tired from a working week where I've had a persistent headache all week, but I reckon that could be a side effect of having my winter booster jabs to get me through the uh, 19-degree October we've decided to have, <laughs> which is very unusual for the UK. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't argue with that, to be fair. Oh, good. Well, that's good. I, I was hoping that we weren't going to have an argument, and we haven't, so <laughs> that's that side. Right, ne- next thing. Next. How about yourself? Um, I'm extremely tired. I've been doing overtime this weekend. God, I'm tired. So you're not going to get the best out of me today, unlike you, who's going to be firing on all cylinders, because quick peek behind the curtain, recording on a Saturday afternoon. So I'm a lot more conscious than what I am you're, about you're, eight eight yeah. thirty p.m. on a work work day <laughs> night week, um, but not by much because I do feel shattered as well. But um, we have our schedule. We stick to the schedule, even if the recordings sit in a holding cell for six months. Yeah, to pull yeah, off yeah. All right, published. all right, all right. <laughs> that that's going to be my running joke for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, that's that's fine because people won't hear this until like next year, so it's fine. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's going to be so far behind. It'll just it'll just flow. That's good. That's good. That's fine. Okay. So, what what have you been up to this month then? Um, I've been doing some things. Um, no. So, like movie wise, I watched some movies. None of them were new movies. I watched Star Trek the motion picture. What whatever for? Uh Red Letter Media had been I'd had a binge of Red Letter Media and as most folk know there's just a running joke where they always tend to bring up Star Trek um when they're talking about literally anything they could be talking about like Halloween and Star Trek will crop up um and that just made me went that just made me sort of think um, yep it is time I will re-watch the movie films so I re-watched the motion picture um, yeah that was very 70s you got Dr McCoy and his Saturday Night Fever um, weekend casuals uh, beamed up from clearly he was at a bar at the time just beamed straight to the Enterprise drafted into duty um it was interesting to watch and see and then of course I watched Wrath of Khan which was just infinitely better on so many levels but you know, you've got to start at the beginning Khan! Khan! exactly Khan yeah you have to start at the beginning and work your way from he tests me he tasks me. He tasks me, and I shall have him. 
I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round Perdition's flames before I give him up. Uh, yeah, no, I quite enjoyed that. And then I'm thinking, did I watch any other films this entire month? Let's have a little, a little thinky think. I think I did not. I believe I've only watched two films this month and they were both Star Trek. Wow. From are, 40 plus years ago. Yeah, you're, you're starting to sound a bit like me this month, to be honest. Yeah, because my my movie viewing has been extremely limited this month as well. I've been streaming a lot of uh, Disney Plus, but and that's mostly been catching up on TV series and such like. Uh, only real standout things I've actually watched this month, sort of movie wise. I watched the first two Gamera films in the Hesai era. Ah, uh, yes, progress is being made. Progress is being made. I was gonna watch three and four the next day, but then like health, it's it's a thing that happened. Um, I didn't get around to it. But the first two films, I watched uh, Gamera, the Guardian of the Universe, and I watched Gamera Two: Attack of Legion. Uh, they're they're certainly kaiju films. They're definitely different from the from the uh, the show era. Oh, they're they're bloody. They're really. I'm, I sound really sarcastic, but. They are excellent. They are really, really good for that kind of mid-90s feel and kind of reinvention of the characters. Really, really good. <laughs> like, just a giant turtle just literally smashing the shit out of everything. It's just, sometimes it's just what you need, you know, at the end of the working week. Yeah, that, that sounds fair. I can't really disagree with that statement. And then the other thing I watched, I've been meaning to give him a shout out on the podcast for ages, but I was very, very lucky enough to get a screener of the new um, Addison Beanek film, who probably a lot of people won't have heard of. Uh, he's low budget indie filmmaker. Uh, he did Psycho Ape, which I keep meaning to watch. I haven't got round to it yet. I will, I promise. But he's very kindly sent me a screener link to his new film called Magnum Opus. That's what it's called. Took me a moment. So so he very kindly sent me a link to see to watch his brand new film, which is called Magnum Opus. And this is basically a film... Basically, you know when Jackass was a thing? Know when Jackass was a thing? Like, at the height of the like late 90s, early 2000s? I do remember that time period, yes. Yeah, it's basically him and a load of his friends got a camcorder out and basically imitated it. <laughs> so it's kind oh, of him okay. and his him and his friends just basically hurting themselves. It's kind of spans through these four these four different time periods and stuff. So it's like stuff from when he was like at school, filmed on like an old uh, VHS camera, then he moved on to like a more high definition camera and kind of like that and I think the more recent stuff is like going back to about two, three years ago but yeah um, the actual stuff itself, it's 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 basically jackass which is fine, uh, a lot of it is quite funny but what is kind of I really, really liked about it 
is that you basically see this group of people, this group of friends, just basically growing up as time goes on over the span of like a ten-year period or so. It's quite nice, and it's quite di- not not different, but it's really quite. I don't know. You feel like kind of part of the experience. You feel like part of the group, and there's a couple of funny bits which really really gross me out i obviously won't go into it too much if you do want to go watch it for whatever reason but um yeah i really really enjoyed it it had its premiere at uh mutant palooza festival online festival uh, i think it was last week at time of recording and yeah it's apparently going to be out on blu-ray very very soon so i'm looking forward to getting my hands on that well okay um, that was a lot of information to process. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if that's my or I, to be honest. I know that's not my sort of thing. But then that's what makes us unique. Indeed, indeed, yes. So whenever you see the uh, thing on kind of the start of the Jackass films going, warning, these stunts are performed by professionals. Yeah, these 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 were these were these were by a bunch of kids who didn't know any better, to be honest. <laughs> Did, did you watch anything else at all? Um, just a couple of bits on Disney Plus. So I finished She Hulk. Um, As did I. I liked the series overall. I do think the ending was a little bit of a fumble, but I don't really want to touch on MCU stuff this episode because last time we went so, so heavy on it. <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed Werewolf by Midnight. Um, Not a lot of uh, werewolf in. Uh, Werewolf by Midnight. Uh, a bit of false advertising again, isn't it? A little bit, but I really enjoyed it because it was something a bit different. So, there you are. Yeah, it was alright, and that's all I can say. It gets a, yeah, that was alright. Nothing beyond it for me. Nope, fair enough. And was that everything you watched on... <laughs> on, 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 on on, on, the, on on the Disney Plus. Oh, I tell you what, I did watch actually. Um, move away from Disney Plus. Last weekend, I watched the entirety of The Sandman in one sitting uh, on Netflix. Ah oh, yes, and how was that? Um, it took me a little while to get into. I'm not gonna lie. The first episode's kind of forty five minutes of basically this origin story about how the world has got to be. I was a bit like, oh, it's a bit weird, but I don't know, I'll stick with it. The next episode's like 30 minutes long. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can see what they're doing. They're setting more up and things like that. I got to episode three. They bring in uh, Olivia Coleman as uh, Joanna Constantine. 100% mm-hmm. in. <laughs> yeah, I was 100% in. Um, performances all round, very, very good. It's really gory. A uh, particular shout out goes to David Thewlis. He plays an excellent kind of I don't want to say villain morally ambiguous character somewhat shall we say I won't spoil it too much Uh, so I'll probably leave it at that what is quite weird it literally adapts the comic book each episode is one book right okay which is so then they've cut quite a lot of detail of final points in potentially or was each each episode each book um like a three page book it's literally each episode is one 32 page comic 
Mm, okay. So no. it was really it was really weird because you kind of got halfway through the series, and then you had an episode that had absolutely nothing to do with anything else, which is typical for comic books because when they go from story arc to story arc, they will sometimes just have the one shot, one and done kind of comic. And it was kind of this in the middle, and it was like, oh, okay, that's weird. And then it got to the end of the series. There's like eleven. Uh, there was ten episodes drop initially on Netflix, and then it kind of sets it up at the end of the series. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then like, I think it was like a month later, Netflix went, surprise, we've got one more episode for you. And obviously, because I watched them all like in sequence, I binged them over like the space of a day. I got to episode eleven. I was like, oh, this is nice, but it's like another episode. It's a random kind of set within the universe of the Sandman it's um yeah very very interesting show I think you would quite like it a lot though Matt because it's quite dark and it's a lot of fantasy and yeah that's going to be my follow up question was the big the big test is would I like it and would I be able to stick through it because um, this is another show that had a bit of criticism thrown at it um but I'm curious if it is something I'd like. Um, when something got mixed reviews and a bit of criticism in advance, I kind of went, I'll wait and see what the verdict is before I consider as to whether or not it's going to uh, I, be consumed by me. It took me a little while to get into I'm not going to lie, it took me three or four episodes. As soon as Joanna Joanna Constantine turned up, I was 100% in, because Olivia Coleman is so good as that role of playing Constantine because in this series to differentiate from uh, Matt Ryan on the CW doing uh, John Constantine uh, they've obviously gender bent the um, the role so it's Olivia Coleman and it's Joanna Constantine um, Like, could I potentially skip the first two or three episodes and just jump straight in a, a Constantine episode with could could I could I do that? Would it still make coherent sense? No, because you need the world building of the first two episodes. Because episode one basically context dumps you the entirety of kind of how the universe works. In that it's split off into four different kind of realms and stuff. And then episode two basically addresses the gap. What happened in the first episode? It doesn't make sense, but I don't want to spoil it if you're going to watch mm. it. See, I People don't know who've seen well. it will know what I'm on about. Episode 2 kind of fills in the gaps from episode 1. Um, and episode 1 does have Charles Dance, and he's very good. That's always good. I may This will go in the maybe pile when I'm at a loss of what to do or what to watch. That, that I'll pull something from the maybe pile, and this is one of yeah, those. No, that's, very much, very that's much fair. like... Um, Rings of Power is, even at its conclusion, I've heard some good things, I've heard some bad things, much like throughout its entire cycle, and that's now essentially in the maybe pile of maybe I will watch it, maybe I won't. Fair, can't argue with that. Yeah, unlike She-Hulk, which should be in the I wish I didn't watch it pile. Well, for you maybe. (laughs) Yeah, again, everybody's a bit different, and now it's just my takeaway on it so um hmm. shall I tell you what I watched then episode episodically wise okay yeah hit me hit me what have you been watching sort of TV 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 
TV wise. So I started to watch the spin-off show from Bosch called Bosch Legacy. And as you can tell by the tone of my voice, disappointed. I've made it halfway through the ten episode run and I'm so annoyed. Um for for context, I've read all the Bosch books that have been published, new ones out in a couple of months, and this follow up series is set sort of in the twilight years of his career, to which they've decided to take at least five different stories that I'm aware of and make a completely new one up for the T V show as well to throw just to mix it in with. And I'm sort of sitting here watching it going what are you doing why are you doing it like this I'd rather you just didn't full stop can't you just take one story or two stories and do a good adaption rather than like take lots and lots of stories and just hodgepodge it that's not a good idea Um, interestingly the police chief is absent I dare say because at the time that Bosch Legacy was being filmed the police chief was doing a Wesker impersonation on the Resident Evil TV show Mm. yeah so and even the new they even give the show a new theme not as good as the theme to Bosch so again even that disappointed me Um, there we are so I'd say again I'll try and make it to the end of it but it's now a battle Um, just not as good as the the original run and I think it's because they've tried to adapt too many different storylines into one 10 episode season when they could have realistically just done one or two storylines which is the process they followed for the mainline Bosch so that was a bit bit of a disappointment Um, I then totally just went retro again you're going to notice a reoccurring theme this month with me I wanted comfort viewing. So I have started re-watching a lot of the Touch of Frost TV show starring TV legend David David Jason um, that was originally broadcast 1992 onwards and I dare say our European um, and overseas listeners will be going, what the fuck are you prattling on about? Um, to which I can't really offer you much other than going, it was great, it's still great and I have now read two and three quarters of the three books that you provided me as a gift which is what prompted me to actually watch the um, show again Um, because the show adapts the books quite closely but then they have a little divergence where the books tend to get a slightly unhappier ending to all the cases whereas the show tends to have a slightly happier ending to a few of the cases so uh, justice is served yeah quite enjoying that Enjoying the books, enjoying the rewatching those episodes as well, um, and then I'm trying to think: Did I watch any other TV shows at all? Oh, binged watched um, a TV show, BBC show called Ghosts. Oh, I've heard um, of that. That's supposedly quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, where this couple inherit a house from a relative the uh, lady in the partnership wasn't aware of and it's haunted Um, one of the ghosts uh, pushes her out a window she has a near death experience and now she can see uh, ghosts wherever she goes and they just talk to her and cause aggro 
um, but they're ghosts from different time periods. You've sort of got Victorian periods, caveman period. You even got like a, an eighty sex uh, sex scandal um, MP who doesn't wear trousers just throughout. Um, sort of, I, I'm going to call it low impact viewing, where you can watch six episodes and kind of not really be too involved in it, and also it's not taken a lot of energy to watch either. Um, and apparently there's American remake as well. Um, which is odd, so yeah, sort of been what binge watched a fair amount of that. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've really watched much TV at all this month either. And you know what that means? That means you're into video games. So, Dave, have, have you done a video game this month? <laughs> God, um, I've been surprisingly sparse this month because work has just been an absolute nightmare and illness and things do you know i streamed the other night which if you don't follow us it's twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast plug successful yeah i know it's good isn't it it's almost like i've done it before um <laughs> yeah streamed a little bit of uh pokemon on the game boy advance i think it was either fire red or leaf green can't remember which one I'm going to proper go back into that by the time this episode comes out I will probably be knee deep in that to be honest um, I did do a little bit more of Final Fantasy X it's a slog isn't it it's such a slog I'm I'm enjoying it don't get me wrong but it's just it's Final Fantasy isn't it it's just going on it just goes on and on and on doesn't it? every time you think you just get somewhere it just keeps going that's probably why for the last four months I have not gone back to Final Fantasy 7 despite having made masses of progress and being further than I've ever been before Before, I've kind mm. of gone don't feel like that now <laughs> yeah I'll tell, you what we did, I'll tell you what we did play though we did play some stuff again for a recording did we? which yeah we did um hasn't gone out yet at the time of this recording but will be going out very very soon um may or may not be a brand new when nostalgia strikes oh like i remember now yeah i remember that i have nostalgia from that yes <laughs> yes that's the best i could do under the circumstances yeah hook and tease hook and tease look out for that in the not too distant future yeah, we covered many topics. Um, I can't really remember what any of them I were. I can't even remember either. I can't remember either. <laughs> I, I, we, we can say that I believe the game choice that commenced us was PlayStation era. And that's all I'm going to yes. say. Indeed, indeed. So you must have played plenty of Vidigums. What, what have you played, if anything? Well, I have played three games this month. The, the first video game was Resident Evil Code Veronica X on the PlayStation 3, which is a port of the PlayStation 2 version, which is a remake of the Dreamcast version. Any more? <laughs> um, so I just sort of played that start to finish over a couple of days quite fun can do a lot of that from memory now 
there's only really a couple places where I foobarred um, yeah. well, no, it wasn't even so much a foobar I got poisoned as Claire when I was fighting the Nosferatu which meant as Chris I had to go make a vaccine but if you do better in the fight Claire doesn't get poisoned so then you don't have to make a vaccine as Chris and now normally I don't get poisoned so when I actually then had to make the vaccine as Chris I was like fuck how do I do that um, <laughs> you got to so get good son well it confused me because it shows you on the map where the room is and I'm like but that room's under ice and on fire at the same time how do I get there and I was felt ever so silly when I realised how um, so I enjoyed that um, and then as of our nostalgia recording a few days later I decided that I should play Resident Evil Director's Cut on the PS1 via the PS3 um, yes which you very How kindly you downloaded yeah which you very kindly downloaded for your PlayStation account onto the PS3 um hmm. How are you getting on with it? Well, Janky, I just, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I finished it a bit earlier. I've finished the Chris campaign now, um, which I finished today. I unlocked the Infinite Cult Python because I'm, I am all that is man. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think the ending card for Chris said, because I saved both Jill and Rebecca, because, you know, you've got to do it properly, the ending card said, What a tough guy! <laughs> and that's not that's not even a joke. You can probably Google that. So I um, I thought I'd messed up getting a good ending because I run into the corridor where you encounter a forest. I realised that it was the corridor where you encounter a forest where he's been bit by a snake, and I immediately turned around and left it and carried on exploring the mansion for half hour. So when I then went back to the corridor and went round the corner and expected the cutscene to trigger of going, Forest, oh, I've been bit by a snake. Uh, he was actually just yep. dead on the floor. So I bypassed oh. the entire having to have Rebecca go get some anti-venom to cure Forest. And then, so then he helps you out when you fight the giant snake and gets eaten by it. Yeah, I, I skipped all of that accidentally. And I thought, shit, I wonder if that's a condition for getting a good ending. But it wasn't. Um... But what that meant by doing that, and this is what I find interesting about the original Resident Evil that they didn't really bring back into later games, was that because I did that, once the Hunters are released um, halfway through the game, typically Rebecca gets attacked by a Hunter and you have to sprint across your map to one of two locations to save her. Otherwise she'll die. But because I didn't save Forest. Rebecca didn't get attacked by a hunter so that was nice and I was able to just progress to the end get the free MO discs and a password bust out Jill uh, me and mm. Rebecca confronted Wesker that naughty naughty man and then um, Jill and Rebecca were clearing out a corridor of zombies whilst I fought Tyrant up on the helipad and blew him away and then I got good ending mm. I was surprised um playtime was probably a bit long it was about five and a half hours to do that but then I was like I'm playing it for fun I'm not Res the original Resident Evil I'm less familiar with whereas if I was playing the GameCube remake I'm very familiar yeah. with that so when I was playing the original I was like oh there's normally a jump scare here or this is where a certain item should be or yeah. and then it just wasn't and I was like oh I was and it, it confused me a bit just thinking 
I was just thinking that because I don't suppose you've played even. I suppose you played the original PlayStation One one though, didn't you? Back way yeah, back I, when. I, I had you even played Resident Evil Director's Cut, did you? Yeah, I had the Director's Cut of Resident Evil One on PlayStation, but that was that oddly was probably two or three years after I had had Resident Evil Two. Yeah, and then stepping back was really threw me, and I don't think I ever finished it as Chris. I definitely finished it as Jill, but I never finished it as Chris. And I think it was the case of going, he only has six inventory slots. Are you taking the piss? Um, it's it's very very jank considering the amount of polish that went on to two and three because I found that when it went onto the PlayStation Store, so I could stream it, so I could play it on PS4 stream coming soon by the way who can tease who can tease um yeah i, I, really, I now really remember my i now re, i now remember my way around the map so if you need any pointers yeah. whilst you're playing that <laughs> i can now offer that without needing to <laughs> reference an online got there was probably only yeah. a couple points where i needed to double check and that was purely because i'd mixed up the gamecube version but sorry you're about yeah. to make a point before i jumped in um I think literally all it was was that I think when I played it, I think um, because we're me and you we're so used to the original Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three and the amount of polish those games have. Um, going back further to the progenitor, yeah, see what I did there, the progenitor <laughs> of the series. Um, it's a lot more difficult because I found myself when I was playing through Director's Cut which is, like I say, stream coming very very soon on the Twitch channel um, I really struggled with the ammo because because the handgun fires slower I was popping off more shots than I needed to so every okay. zombie I was downing yeah. I was then accidentally popping another shot off mm. and if you do that to say like 7 zombies you've effectively lost another clip yep and I was running out of ammo just constantly and I was like, oh, this is just... And with sort of the animations and everything else, it just feels really, really... It feels its age now. 100%. Well, the, the one thing that caught me out a couple of times when I was murdered by hunters, I did die three or four times on this playthrough. Was, um, yeah. In two onwards, when you're on a caution, you grab your side. When you're in a danger, you're dragging yourself along the floor. Yes, but in this game, you remain perfectly. You, your your body, the character animation doesn't change at all. But if you open up your menu, it will say like danger, which means one more hit and you're dead. And I kept forgetting yep. that you don't get the visual cue yep. in this. Um, yeah, that I, that's exactly mm. what I mean with the updated uh, animations and stuff like you get in Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three, which honestly you don't think about. I mean, that was innovative for the time you know for, for video gaming at the time because I remember people absolutely ranting and raving about when Dino Crisis came out yeah they were like oh Regina doesn't have a health bar or whatever well and you have to tell from the way she's kind of standing her stance and see whether she's poisoned you don't get poisoned in uh, that do you um, whether she's bleeding and stuff hmm absolutely yeah, revolutionary at the time it's just the little things you overlook especially when you go back to that original one you're like wow this is this is I don't want to say harder but I guess it kind of is because of the way it's been built 
And because we're it's, so used to the polishes and the refinement that came in later installments. It's only harder because of the refinements in the sequels yeah. and that they limit one of your characters to six slots or your other character to eight slots but you also can't carry either your light or lockpick as a integral key item yeah. it, it sits in your standard inventory so there was a couple so again I got confused with the GameCube version I thought when I was in the guardhouse I was going to have to yeah. have Chris carry around the lighter to light all these lamps in the pool queue room to get the password yeah, yeah. for the V-Jolt room and in the remake it turns out there are three lanterns you have to light they've got different numbers of iron ashes and then you have to then go work out the number of pool cue balls and then that'll tell you the passcode for the V-Jolt room mm. so I was like fuck I'm going to have to carry this light around with me I've only got six slots and then I was wrong in in the in the original you just run up to the pool cue table and he goes oh three pool balls they say these three numbers that's the three numbers you pump into the bloody V-Jolt room keypad but I was like the little things like that really Mm. sort of threw me but I like how you you can play the story with each character and each character can get like I think it's four potential different endings and ways through the game based on uh uh, I said Forrest earlier I think it's actually Joseph that gets bit by Yawn and Yawn's the name of the snake um, yeah I didn't know that until you told me the other day yeah it's called Yawn I didn't realise the, the snake had a canonical name <laughs> yeah it's called Yawn um, but you yeah. knew the name of the shark though didn't you well I'm assuming the shark's called Bruce no it's actually called Neptune of course it is <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it's just it's a shame that in the later games they didn't keep in those branch and little story things which I think would have added to replay value uh, again mm. if we were to jump back that's why I was really disappointed with Resident Evil 3 Remake that it didn't keep in the even if you didn't want to do a, a quick time flash on the screen press A to go this route or B to go that route if they didn't want to keep yeah. that the, the, yeah. I was annoyed that it was basically it's a linear path through and I'm like, I beat that game five times now. I'm never likely to play it again because it doesn't have the same replay value. So I like little little tweaks and things, but they don't seem, in terms of story and progression, that they don't seem to do in the modern Resident Evil games, uh, which is a bit disappointing. So then, mm. moving along to the modern day, the other game I've been playing is a PC game on the Pusser called uh, Raft uh, been playing it on co-op online and essentially what you do hear me out here you build a raft stunned is, silence is, I know is, is, is that it um, you build a raft well as far as I can ascertain from the story and the story is told to you through notebooks see my link to Resident Evil there um, uh-huh, that you're in some sort of post-apocalyptic future a la Waterworld where most of the planet's underwater you just start the game on this little sort of 4x4 raft and then you can gather like um, resources being like planks of wood, plastic bottles and uh, shit like that floating in the ocean which you can then use to build slightly bigger and larger raft 
um, and then you can build like an upgrade table and research books and then you can learn how to make more creative and innovative solutions so like it's talks about building a water purifier which essentially is you cut a water bottle in half a plastic bottle in half and put a sheet of glass over it and you evaporate dirty seawater drips down and then you get clean water um, and things like it has little things like that and every so often you'll come up to a little island or a little uh, abandoned raft structure that you can swim over and gather actual other resources from to then go back to your raft and then if you play the game correctly and don't <laughs> and don't drift around for two or three actual in-game actual real world hours before you realize that you could build a bloody build a bloody sail and you could build a bloody um satellite receiving signal you can then with a satellite receiving signal and sail you can then sail to islands that the game doesn't automatically drift you past which have story things on bit other characters or blueprints to help you build more clever things and then through this you then get directions from that one place to another human colony so on and so forth and you gradually sort of just drift and work your way around and at this point our, 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 yeah yeah. Do you know what um, it reminds me of? Actually, you saying that it reminds me of that um that other game that you played uh last year with the um the Cthulhu uh Lexi and the Hansi, whatever they were called. Yeah, the forest. Yeah. The forest. That's it's, the one. Yeah, it's essentially like that with less Cthulhu. Uh, the art style of Raft is a bit more, a bit cell shaded, a bit more cartoony. Still first okay, person, yeah. but it's it's quite nice. Um, yeah, and uh, the important bit is, it sounds like it's also less body horror. Yeah, no Cthulhu monsters. The only thing you have to tolerate is a shark persistently following around your raft. The bastard. Because every time you dive in the water, he's swimming after and taking chunks out of you and that. Um, so I That's keep poking, poking him in the face with a stick. That's um, fine. Probably likes it. And then there's also like an albatross. When you're on islands, it'll drop rocks on you. So I built a bone arrow and killed that fucker as well. Um, I'm a love albatross. <laughs> 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 Alright, we'll have to find that clip now, and I? Me, I'm a love albatross. I'm a love albatross. <laughs> What's his name? It's Dave. 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 <laughs> um, oh, God, I'm peeking on the recording now. That's going to yeah, be fun. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. Um, yeah, it's so... Yeah, um, again, it's on PC. There may be console ports. I have no no clue. Um, but it's another one of those games where every few months they bring out like expansions that are free of charge where it adds in new islands or mechanics or blueprints and things. And Ooh, I quite okay, like that, that with games that once you just buy it, they keep adding stuff to it without, without doing a Call of Duty. Buy our new add-on pack, twenty nine ninety nine. See, I think, I think you could get quite into... Um... Oh god, what's the name of that game? The space exploration game. Uh Norman Sky, No Man's Sky. I think you could probably get mm. quite into that because that's really 
quite open-ended exploratory kind of thing because that seems to be what you tend to be sort of aiming for recently within the last yeah well saying saying that we're we're now based on you saying Cthulhu that's triggered a memory of another game I've been playing I actually played two games but they're in a series and I think it's four or five games again on PC called The Room now tear me apart Lisa was what I first thought when I saw the title of the game (laughs) was exactly that but it's Spoon. a it's a first person solve um solve a puzzle thing to go to another room but it's all about perception and problem solving um it's got this sort of Cthulhu's type gothic horror layer um beneath okay. it it's um let me I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send you a a um a a thing to watch because my words are are now running out. So bear with me, Uno Mementio. Yeah, that's really really puzzly, isn't it? Um oh spookums. Okay, yeah, that I can get a I can see where that's going. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like every time you solve a puzzle, something else happens, and you like, you you essentially start in a room in a house that I think a relative or someone's left you, and it's like a paper note saying something about falling into the despairs of madness, or some such nonsense, and there's a puzzle box, and my brain went, oh right, so I've now gone from the room straight to Hellraiser. I'm gonna solve this puzzle cube, and I'm gonna have like the um, what are they called necrobites, nephra nephromites, cenobites. Yeah, xenobites are just going to crop up and torment me, but you solve this puzzle box and it has like a key in it, and then the room morphs around you, shows you like a key lock, and then you do that, then you get other sorts of puzzles, and then then you start almost like a bit like um, Inception, where you put on goggles and you can bend the room around, and then it starts unlocking stuff, and it gets quite into it. It's really cool. Um, so I played the first one and finished that, and I'm probably... Oh, 30% through the second game, but there's like four or five of them on Steam. Um, quite enjoying them. They're a little bit different. Involves a little bit of thinking, so I can't play them for too long because that really does stretch what limited grey matter I have. Um, <laughs> but just a little bit different. I definitely think, though, we should get and play uh, that new game that's just come out. Um just think about Cthulhu uh, it's not really Cthulhu it's H.R. Geiger's Nightmare um, Scorn have you okay. seen the footage of uh, Scorn? I have not I will look it out yeah I think that should be one that basically it's a first person puzzle walking sim type thing but it's extremely influenced by H.R. Geiger. So okay. read that as there are lots of Wilsons on the wall. And yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Uh, it's it's a Wilson simulator. I mean, yeah, but I think that looks quite good. Apparently it's out on PC, uh, Steam, and Game Pass. So 
think that's one that's probably worth having a look into for sure. I've just sent you a trailer actually if you just want to take a yeah, look at that very, very it, quickly. It says rated M sexual themes may contain Wilsons. Wilson's. And you start with yes. a giant Wilson with a face on it. Okay. <laughs> but it seems to be it seems to be a real sort of um it's a you either love it or you hate it game because yeah. there's not really a whole deal going on in it. It's about the environment and the storytelling from the environment so people are a bit like mm, I don't know why is the top comment the it why is the top comment I want to play this in VR <laughs> why would anyone want to play this in VR <laughs> because I don't know because why not if you're going to have Wilson's thrown at you why not have Wilson's thrown at you in in VR at least so you can yeah. bat them away. No thanks. Physically. <laughs> yeah. It's it's no different from probably the hundreds of mods that are going to come out when Resident Evil 8 VR comes out because you know there's going to be some horrible mods for that where you're going to be able to motorboat um, Lady D. Yeah, so that, that's so going to be how so. you heal yourself. Yeah. But then we say that the, that the the Benito Castle or whatever it was called was only like twenty five minutes of the actual game runtime, wasn't it? In reality, um, yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, but there you go. Ooh. Speaking of speaking of yeah. horror, though, should we should we, we get into our, we, our our little conversation talking point this week? Because we don't I, often have one. Yeah, I I have gradually transitioned us via lots of gentle steering. Via gothic hot from from Resident Evil campy horror to links to Cthulhu um, to gothic horror straight into um, Konami psychological as, horror. Yeah, uh, Konami doing. Well, I'm, I'm going to call it a surprise stream because I don't follow anything nowadays, and I just saw it was happening, and then I saw the output of it. They they they've decided to do Silent Hill again. And not have it be purely pachinko machines. All right, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I did put a thing out on Twitter the other day. I don't know if, whether people saw it uh, when they announced this a stream. And I'm not gonna lie. I was extremely cynical, and I think I said something like, "Well, it's gonna be new statues, pachinkos, and NFTs." And to my surprise, it wasn't. There was a couple of statues, but to my surprise, there wasn't. <laughs> Any mm. any pachinko machine, machines of any sort. Um, wow, Konami actually decided they, you know, a video game company actually wants to make like video games. Video games, like yeah. Gambling. However, they are going about it stupid. They're, they're taking Silent Hill, arguably like one of their biggest sort of tentpole franchises. You know, we're going to remake these and you go okay yeah makes sense you've seen what Resident Evil's been doing you know and other companies have been doing for a while yeah makes sense sensible move so we're going to start a game 2 oh you, you didn't want to do a ground up remake of the first original game no no you just started with 2 okay yeah that's fine makes sense oh you're not doing it in house you, you're giving it to some random development company I've personally not heard of what are they call like Mr. What they call like Mr. Blobby's Playhouse Emporium no. or something. It, no, Bloober Team. They're called the Bloober Team. They've they've got some uh, 
do, are they They've known for stuff. making pachinko games or like what's their <laughs> not for not for pachinko stuff no but they have made video games previously um i can't think of anything off the top of my head but yeah They've definitely worked on the field. The thing is, right, with this Silent Hill 2 remake, um, it was kind of the worst kept secret in the world. Was it? No one told me. Because I knew me. it was coming. I knew it was coming. Oh. I hadn't been told it's that. Been rumored, it's been rumoured for about three years, give or take. Well, I had just assumed that when they gave up on um, Del Toro coming into a kind of brand new Silent Hill game I assume that just meant yeah we're, we're kind of just bored and we don't want to make video games anymore and they were just tapping out entirely blue, I'll tell you what Blue Bear team have done because I've just looked it up alright right dazzle me um, they did the Blair Witch game in 2019 uh, uh, yep games called Layers of Fear right uh, which doesn't mean anything to me uh, double bloob on the Nintendo DSi. They they've so they have got some precedent with horror at least because like I say right. they they did the um, Blair Witch game yeah. and Layers of Fear which is psych- maybe, psychological maybe, horror. So I guess it's kind of at least maybe, they've picked someone that's yeah. Maybe I'm just being a bit before. harsh, but I'd assume that Konami would want to develop it in house. But then actually, given that they probably sacked off everybody internally that could make a video game just to get in engineers to make pachinko games, maybe the only way for them to make a game is to outsource it um, to other studios. So, yeah, fair enough. But again, I'm puzzled why they'd start with game two and not just from game one. If they're going to remake them, just remake the first three games, which are arguably the fan favourites out of the extended Silent Hill um I'm going to call it universe. I don't even know if that's a correct term. Surprised that you just started game two and not game one. Because. Yeah. Odd decision. I think. Like, Silent Hill 2 I, is probably arguably the favourite out of the three of them uh, for most people. And I know you and I sat and did a playthrough of that on. Um, had a PC version, didn't I? Which um, had lots of fan patches and that to bring it up to modern day standards. And that was really mm, good. Yeah, uh, but I'm surprised that they're not doing the first game. See, I talked about this with someone the other day, and I said, "Did they not already do a remake of the first game?" No. Um. Turns out they did, sort of. No. So sort of did. So sight shattered memories. I want to call it the one that was on the Wii. Uh, right. was later ported to PS2 and I want to say the PSP or Vita apparently that was kind of a quasi remake of the original game it was told from someone else's perspective from a certain point of view from a certain point of view yes um, uh, oh I didn't realise that Shad Memories was was, was supposedly real but, but that's what we. That's still, what two or three, still, two or three console generations back now. If you're doing brand new, straight in, we're going to do do these games. I don't know why you wouldn't start with first one, because again, once you've built up all the in-game assets and that, mm. they're good to go for within the sequel, knowing that a lot of it's set within Silent Hill itself. Okay, different physical locations, but 
like with the Resident Evil engine, once had made the, all the assets for Resident Evil 2, they were able to knock out Resident Evil 3 yeah. within a year, which they probably shouldn't have. Um, yeah, it's just an odd place to start. Um, I dare say a lot of people online are going to be a bit upset that they've not got Guy Sehe back doing the voice of the lead character. Um, again, I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, this looks good. And by the end of it, I was went. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then it hit me with a real stinger, which made me really scratch my head. PS5 timed exclusive. Add yeah. to wish list. I'm like, what? Really? Okay. Console exclusive and it's coming to PC as well. Yeah. Well, it'd be... Um timed exclusive wasn't it but I was like made me I would imagine my so head. I can't see I can't see Konami going let's limit it to one console when Microsoft is there with the biggest reach especially when they could chuck it on Game Pass for nothing and people will play it you know mm. yeah sort of I'm 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 kind of in two minds about it because to be honest I like Silent Hill 2, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Why didn't they do the first one? Even even with this kind of quasi-remake, shattered memories, whatever you want to call it. It it kind of stinks a bit of Konami trying to get back into people's good graces. I'm not going to lie. With all of their more questionable business decisions, as we keep mentioning... Uh, NFTs, pachinko machines, and what have you. Uh, that's kind of what it steals of. And like you say, obviously they've seen Capcom doing Resident Evil One to Four, and obviously they've gone, "Hang on, we can we can make money of this." Yeah, I think what they've actually done is seen Capcom remake Resident Evil Two, and then they've gone, "Right, we'll copy them," and they've started at Silent Hill Two as well, <laughs> because yeah, Capcom started really with Resident like Evil Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um. Yeah, I mean, I'll try it. I mean, I'm I'm just kind of wondering if they're gonna. I hope they keep the absolutely batshit mad endings. Well, this this Hill two. This was gonna be, to be on my list of concerns based on what I was whinging about all of fifteen minutes ago. Is mm. this gonna be a start to finish linear path? Are they going to keep the open exploration? Are they going to keep the multiple endings and different sorts of interactions? Or is this just going to be a straight line, get to its conclusion? Because again, I'm going to assume that because they've got real actors doing full-on mocap and all that sort of business, I'm assuming mm. was that that's what they're doing at the very least, is it just a cost of they don't want to pay uh, an extra three or four weeks in the studio filming different scene variants or ending variants? Mm. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm curious. Colour me curious. I want I want to see a 4K version of the dog ending. Yeah, like but I need to see you, it. Like I'm curious. Are they just going to remake this game now and not do Silent Hill Three? Full stop. Is it like literally we're going to remake Silent Hill Two and then that's it? Then maybe we'll get well, a new Silent Hill game that doesn't. And they're not going to do Sun Hill 1 or 3 or any of the 17 other games has been in between. And yes, I did I'm, actually see another thing they'd announced snuck through to me, enough, which amused me. 
yeah, I was going to say, um, we've actually got a couple of other uh, Vidigums that they announced. So they announced as well Silent Hill Townfall. What's that? Is that like uh, um, Imposters or something? Is, which is... They didn't really say a lot. All they really said was that it's being made by... Annapuna Interactive. Oh, Annapuna Interactive... Did yeah, um did the Siberia games? Yeah, uh, don't really know a lot about that, but like I say, it it's got Annapurna on it, so should be quite good. Uh, we then got this one has a lot of potential as well. So why are they why are they doing this and not the first game? Right, okay. Confused. There's this one as well, which they announced. So they also then announced uh, Silent, Silent Hill, Hill Ascension. Mm-hmm. Which is described as a live, real-time interactive series. Ugh. You could change the outcomes and be part of the scenes. Apparently, there's a couple of companies involved, like Bad Robot. Know them? Yeah, that's right, JJ oh, Abrams. No, the the um, master of um, I don't have an ending. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Dead by Daylight developer Behavior are on that as well. Really, for me, the one that showed a lot of promise is yeah, that looks bizarre. Silent Hill F. Let's in the chat, everybody. The, I'll send you the trailer for that now. Yeah, go on. All right, click. There you go. Have a look at that. F. So, new story a, set in 1960s Japan. Okay, right. Why? Yeah. It's been written by a Japanese visual novel specialist. Uh, I'm so going to get his name wrong. Uh, Ryukishi 07 I'm assuming that's like a Suda 57 sort of thing yeah. um, but apparently mm. his graphic novels deal a lot sorry visual novels not graphic novels deal a lot with psychological horror and stuff so I'm very interested to see what they do with that it, and seeing it, it set in the 1960s as well you're going to get a different kind of isolation as well see, it's going to be we, very interesting We've gone from a period of no Silent Hill to here's so much Silent Hill you won't be able to cope. <laughs> very, very odd strategy. I'm hoping this ain't going to be like the DC, here's our huge master plan. Here are 27 different shows, and all they're going to do, um, they're just going to cancel them one by one. Can I, can I say it? Can I say it? Because I know you hate me saying it, but I really, really want to say it. Go on then. This is Konami turning around and going, look at our thick, massive content, Silent Hill dick. <laughs> yeah. And they have the done it in the Flasher can... style, haven't they? They've just walked up to you out of nowhere and then just opened a huge rain mac, waggled it around. Look at this. Look at my thick yeah. content dick. It's Silent yeah. Hill. You want Silent Hill? You haven't had it for nearly 10 years. Yeah, can get a which, load of this. Have it all. To, to which I would have grabbed him by the Johnson and gone, "Where's Silent Hill One remake, hun?" 
<laughs> what happened there to was the Del one Toro other thing. game? Yeah, go on. Yeah, there and was this one is the, other... I know this is the thing I think I've also heard about, which yeah, go on, send me it, drop it. Yep. This is the other thing that they have also announced during this live stream. They're doing a new Silent Hill movie. Yeah, I heard about this. The Silent the director Hill... back from the first film adaption. Yeah, so they're disregarding Silent Hill. They're disregarding the second Silent Hill film and they are adapting Silent Hill 2. Again, but the funny thing is is that the first film took elements from Silent Hill 2 anyway, didn't it? Have you yes. have you seen the Sean Bean one? I saw it years and years and years ago. It's on the list to cover on the podcast. Yeah, I I well, I won't spoil it because I remember it fairly well. But why are they hyping this up when we know that video game movies are always shit in the, in in the most endearing of ways? And and they're hyping up that they've got the original director and producer back. But that film was slated, right? Come on, then, right? Where's Metacritic? Let's get a live reaction <laughs> to what the original Silent Hill critic uh, score was. Metacritic, Silent Hill. It's about 60 odd, I think. That's why it's on the list. No, I think that. No, I think 60 it's got or to be 70, I think it is. Yeah. No, it won't be that high. It won't oh, be that I, high. It is. It's one of the more well regarded video game movies, for sure. Right, hang on, hang on. It's loading. It's had a real, it's had a real cult resurgence within the last so, couple so, of years. So Silent Hill from 2006. Sorry, what was your guess at Meta score again? It's going to be in its 60s, I want to say. 60s, early, low 70s. You are wrong. It is 31. Is it really? That low? Maybe I'm thinking of the um, Rotten Tomatoes score. It's a okay. video game movie. Of course it's low. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it does get some positive reviews that are bad. It says there's a step in the right direction for console to screen... Uh, adaptions um, it works up a decent amount of creep show atmosphere in its first act um, however it's stuffed with cheap effects and is devoid of um, sort of decent story um, yeah, oh, it sounds wow. like a typical video game movie Peter Hartlub of the San Francisco Chronicle Zero Oh, can I read the full review? Is this a thing that it will let me do? Uh, I cannot be found. I can only take his grab. Silent Hill has plenty of bad acting, bad dialogue and confusing plot, all of which become exponentially more painful as the movie goes on forever and ever. Kind of like Silent Good. Hill in reality. Yeah. Good. Really, really looking forward to watching that down the line then. <laughs> um, whereas... User scores. Do you want to have a guess at the user score? Seven point eight. It's seven point nine. So you're pretty close. Yeah, um, it's had a bit of a cult thing. A lot of people are giving it tens. Years. A lot of people yeah, are saying it's, it's the best video game adaption. Yeah. Um. It's had a resurgence Chris, over the last couple of years, yeah, especially after Revelations come out. Like that. Yeah. Well, Revelations was pretty poor. Again, I saw that. But I think the first one's helped by the fact it's got Sean Bean in it. I imagine it's Sean Bean doing a terrible American accent, I would imagine. I don't know if he does, actually. And I I am willing to put money on it now. 
I can't um, remember. Like I can't say, remember the name of the character he's playing. It could be the character from Silent Hill Two, but I do remember he spends a lot of the time staggering around saying his daughter. I think it's Heather. He's looking for. Keeps saying Heather's name all the time, and because he's acting in like a parallel timeline to the main sort of events of the film, sort of you see what he's doing, then it cuts over to what she's doing, and it yeah sort of jumps around like that, and he's just. He's doing um, his best acting, stacking around, going, Heather! <laughs> there we go. That's what I was waiting for. Because I'm willing to bet that he gets Sean Bean in that as well. I don't know. We'll find out in the episode. Who can tease? Who can tease? Not, not going to spoil it. So it sounds like then we're going to have to rejiggle the schedule to have probably an OG Silent Hill playthrough on a strand. Probably. Movie movie based episode, maybe we double bill them. And then oh, maybe God. potentially you we get subjected to one of the Wii games. One of the not Wii. good ones. Wii. I do have Silent Hill four. The room. Uh, it's another the thing room. called the room. How weird. Yeah. Hmm. The funny thing is that probably come out around the time same time as the film. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's a strange game. Silent Hill 4 is a strange game. I've seen people play it online. It's very, very odd. It mm. has first-person sections in it, way before Resident Evil did. Very odd. Very strange. But, Konami bringing back Silent Hill is... Well, I don't know. Especially given they're not NFTs as well. Yeah, we'll, which, we'll have we'll have to wait and see. It considering, I was just going to say we'll have to wait and see because it wouldn't surprise me if half of this stuff gets cancelled. Yeah, probably. Unlike Warner Brothers, who you know announced literally yesterday, uh, released on them onto the web. NFTs of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the extended edition, no yeah, less. That that's totally not the Batgirl movie we were wanting. No, or the obviously. The movie yeah, we were wanting. They were like, no, we're going to cancel all that for cash back things. Um, that may have hurt our stock prices. Uh, uh, NFTs, that's a thing still in it. Yeah, yeah, let's do some of that. Yeah. Do, do you know what makes me laugh about that, though? No. I, I, so no. I looked into it. I'm not going to lie. I looked into it. Basically, it looks like they're flocking you a fancier version of the Blu-rays. And honestly, when it says to you in its marketing material, immersive menus... That's a DVD that, menu, that's, isn't um, it? <laughs> uh, No, they're immersive menus. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's just not a lot that can be said about that, really. Immersive menus, and it, all it is is literally uh, parts of Middle Earth. They just move a little bit in the background. It's like, come on, come on, guys, really? Yeah, let's let's not go there. On that depressing, yeah, no. on that depressingly crushing thought, let's wrap up. I think so. Head over onto Twitter at any one podcast to keep the conversation going, because there's a fair bit to discuss here. We're also on Facebook. Search for us. You'll find us. Don't know why, but you will. Longer considerations of rambles can be sent via email to 
anyone for seconds at gmail.com and that address again anyone for seconds at gmail.com don't forget to leave us a like rating or review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast to reach a much larger audience streams are coming they're, they're, oh, they're, they're so imminent if you look now uh, there might be one going on now and that that place where where we do the streams that's twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast go have a look go look at Mar- Matt's marvellous work on all the layouts and such we've got to leave them with a theme from Silent Hill 2 surely we've got to leave them with some Akira Yamioka because he's coming back for the remake and honestly if that's the only thing to look forward to in the remake I'm fine with that can we leave him with the theme of Laura though because the theme of Laura is is the best track 100% specifically the theme of Laura okay yes alrighty then say goodbye bye bye au revoir